This morning, we are beginning a new sermon series. We're, we're taking a break from Psalm 23. I'm not sure if you noticed, but we're doing that on purpose um, because it's the Advent. It's the Advent season. It's the Christmas season, if you, if you like, but I like the word Advent because it is a time of waiting, of expectation, of hope, and of faith in Jesus and in His soon return. This morning, we're beginning a new sermon series that is entitled, Through the Eyes Of. And every week for the next four weeks, we'll be looking at a different character in the, in the, in the birth of Jesus story. This morning, we're going to be looking at Mary. And one of the things that I think I, I, we, we have seen is that Mary doesn't get very much playing time. Does that make sense? So we, we, we take Mary, and she's like, oh, yeah, she, she had Jesus in, in her womb for nine months, and then we move on to that because we want to get to the story of Jesus. But if you're a mother, and I am not, I am guessing that having a child in your womb for nine months is probably a pretty big deal, right? Amen, ladies? Mothers? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that sometimes what happens is we don't give her enough attention or enough time, and so this morning we want to give her some time. But you know the saying, behind every great, great woman is a great man? Have you ever heard that saying? Word of God, you just heard it here today. <laughs> but the truth is we can't fully understand the story of Mary unless we understand the story of Joseph as well. And so this morning I want to look at both. We're going to jump back and forth a little bit so we can get a clear understanding of, of, of how everything happened. So we're going to read and we're going to overlap from Scripture I can't read as lovely as Kat just did, but I'm going to try. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, it's important, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, or her husband Joseph, or husband-to-be Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord, through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Which means God is with us. I control it. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Now, we know this story, at least most of us know this story, and, but we have to really understand the situation of Joseph because, first of all, if I was Joseph, I would, I mean, I have faith in God, I believe in God, but if I was in Joseph's situation, you have to understand, that's a difficult place to be. Mary's like, hey, um, sit down, Joseph. There's something I need to tell you. I mean, he, he had it in the dream, but maybe he was hoping, hey, may, maybe it's just a dream, <laughs> You know, how many of you have ever woken up from a dream and you're just like, oh, so glad that was just a dream? How many of you? Yeah, I, all the time. But for Joseph, it's like, you know, he wakes up and he's probably like, well, 
maybe it's just a dream. Now, in the Bible, God reveals to people through dreams, but also there was probably other dreams that people had that weren't from God that may have seemed like God. How many of you have ever even woken up in the morning and you had a very vivid dream that as soon as you wake up, you're just like, oh, you know, you tell your wife or your husband or your friends, you know? No one ever likes to hear other people's dreams, right? But we always want to share our dreams. And so, you know, when you wake up in the morning, the dream is just clear and vivid, and you're just like, whoa. But have you ever noticed, as the day goes on, details of the dream, they kind of begin to go away? Has that ever happened to any of you? Happens to me all the time. And so I could just imagine Joseph, like, maybe this wasn't in the dream. Maybe this wasn't really a part of the dream. Maybe I think I'm just, maybe I'm just making all of this up. Maybe this wasn't really true. Or to borrow a line from a, from a very popular play, perhaps Joseph's thought was, maybe it's an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, or a fragment of an undone potato, right? Every excuse, because this was a big thing. It wasn't even his child. Now, how many of you have had children? I kind of do. I mean, I do, but, you know, my story. Um, a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of effort. If you don't have kids, you're blessed right now. You will be blessed later in a different way, but it's different. But this wasn't even Joseph's offspring. It wasn't even his own anything. And God says, you will take care of this child. Do not be afraid because God will be with you and he will help you through this. Now, Joseph, when he had made his mind up that he would dismiss her quietly, made the decision that probably most men, probably I, I would say 100% of the men in this congregation uh, would probably have made as well before the angel told him it was God's, right? If your fiance comes to you and tells you, I'm pregnant, what would most of us do? See ya. I mean, if you know, because we wait till marriage. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but we would have made the same decision that Joseph made. It's not my baby, right? I'm not going to go on Maury Povich's show to see if it's my baby or not. Too many people laughed about that one. Whoa, it's a bad show. <laughs> But he would have, we all would have made that choice. But as the scripture tells us, just when he had made up his mind to quietly dismiss her, what happens? God steps in with a different plan. And I think that's what sometimes happens, or probably most of the time. We make our mind up about something. We look at all of the facts. We look at everything in front of us, and we make decisions. That's how we teach children to make decisions. That's how we make decisions. We look at all of the facts in front of us, and based on that information, then we make our decision. And Joseph had probably made the right decision up until the point that he had the dream. And God steps in as God oftentimes does, and he has a different plan for Joseph and for Mary. He has a different plan, and as the, and as the prophet Isaiah reminds us, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and neither are our ways God's ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now, 
Meanwhile, on the other side of town, we have the story from Mary's perspective. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him to the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, and, th- and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I have traveled many moonless nights, cold and weary, with a baby inside. And I wonder what I've done. Holy Father, you have come, chosen me now to carry I am waiting in a silent prayer. I am frightened by the load I bear in a Cold as stone Must I walk this path alone Be with me now Be with me now Breath of heaven together be forever near me breath of heaven breath of heaven lighten my darkness pour over 
place for your holy breath of Do you wonder as you watch my face if a wiser one should have had my place? But I offer all I am for the mercy of your plan help me be strong help me be help me breath of heaven hold me together forever near me, breath of heaven, breath of heaven, lighten my darkness, pour over me your holiness, for your holy breath of heaven hold me together be forever near me breath of heaven breath of heaven lighten my darkness pour over me your holiness for your holy breath of heaven, breath of heaven, breath of I want you to think about something. At the time that Mary was alive, to be betrothed or engaged or promised to someone, she was probably 13 years old. So at a time when, for those of you who are in high school or junior high, at a time when most of us were more concerned about which sport we were going to play when we got to high school, who was going to be our date to the homecoming or prom or to the winter banquet, as we do in, in some of our schools, when we're more concerned with what is the best product for our faces so that we don't have breakouts of acne, when we are more concerned with what he said or she said because it's a rumor and it's not really true, when we're more concerned with, um, at a time when we are more concerned with the clothes we wear or the language we use, or how we talk, or how we fit into junior high and high school, at a time when we are just filled with so many worries that seem like they are the most important thing in the world. Mary 
at a similar age, was carrying the Son of God. Now, as we read this story, and I don't know if you caught the, the nuances, Joseph had already planned to dismiss her quietly, break up with her, and then the angel shows up. Do you see that? He, they, she was already pregnant before the angel shows up. She already had to deal with all sorts of emotions, all sorts of everything, and then the angel of God shows up. And what he says and what the angel Gabriel says to her is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor in the sight of the Lord. I would put it this way. God always initiates with us all of the time. We often think that when we are open to, where will you lead me now, God? Or what do you want me to do in this world, God? We often think that it is us coming to God, but what we sometimes fail to realize, as in this situation, is that God always initiates the conversation with us, even when we think that we are the ones who are initiating that conversation. Now, I'm all about free will. I'm all about we get to choose. But in this situation, it seems that God took control of the situation, God made an executive decision or a God decision, and he chose Mary out of all of the other women or girls. He, God, chose her. Almost like she had no choice. Maybe because God knew that she could be the one who could carry out such a sacred task which is why some Christian traditions elevate her almost to the same level as Jesus because she was the one that God picked. Not just to run a ministry at the church, not just to lead the church, but God chooses Mary to carry Jesus. God chooses Mary to carry God's son. What the Bible says is God's only son. And the angel says, greetings, O favored one. And what she says is, what, is, what does the Bible say how her response was? She was troubled at that because she didn't know what it was about. It's kind of like, if have you ever gone to your parents or a parent? Has your son ever come to you and said, wow, you look beautiful today, mom? Or are you having a good day? One of the things my son does, I'll come home, and if I've been gone all day, he'll come, and if he needs something or if he needs help with something, He'll come up, and this is my 14-year-old, and he'll give me a big hug. He goes, how you doing, man? He'll rub my back. He goes, hey, you had a good day? You had a good day? Yeah. I bet you had a good day, right? You helped a lot of people today. Hey, man, do you want, do you want something to eat? That's the doorway to my heart, food. And I'm always like, what do you want? <laughs> like, you know, like, he'll be like, nothing, man. Just, hey, just glad you're home. Been gone all day. And then a few minutes later, he's like, hey, by the way, can you, can you help me do this? Because that's what we do. And it's almost like the angel was trying to prepare Mary by saying, oh, greetings, oh, favored one of God. And Mary's like, wait a minute. There's something fishy here, angel, or Gabriel, if she even knew his name. And then, he's, and then the angel again says, no, 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 no. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor 
with God. And this is God's biblical way of saying God has chosen whom God has chosen. And if God chooses a specific person, that's it, you're done. You are going to do this because God needs you to carry out this task. And that's just the way it is. Now, it may not be politically correct, okay? I know we live in a world of political correctness where it's like, no, 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 she always had the choice. Maybe she did, but God chose her and she accepted the call and the challenge. And Mary asks, but how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you or cover you, always be there. Therefore, the child will be called Holy, the Son of God. That's a very vague answer to a 13-year-old girl, yeah? How many of you have ever had a parent a 13-year-old girl? My, my daughter will sometimes say, you, what does she say, hon? She says, you don't understand my life. You don't know what I'm going through. And I'm like, no, I'm probably going through way worse. Not worse. Not worse. But as adults, responsibility goes up. The challenges go up. Everything counts when you're an adult. As a child, you can walk away from almost anything. And so for Mary, she's like, okay, how is this going to work? What's the plan? And the angel says, don't worry. God will take care of everything. And the angel would go on to say, with, for, for nothing will be impossible with God. That was her assurance. So let me ask you this this morning, and you can respond by saying amen. Can God do anything God wants to? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? But have you ever had a hard time trusting God when you were faced with an impossible situation? Do you see how mentally we know God can, but in our hearts sometimes we have a hard time accepting it because of the situations we find ourselves in? And for Mary, it was the same exact thing that we are going through today. We fear that we will fail. We feel that things won't go the way God wants them to, even though we know that God can be trusted. And so sometimes we try to find a way out of what God is calling us to do. Now, for Mary at 13 years old, maybe girls were, you know, they were stronger than, I don't know, that's not a commentary on our girls today, okay? But it was a different culture, it was a different time. But maybe, hey, 13 was the time that God needed her to be. Whatever it was, God says, look, you I have chosen do not be afraid, for I will be there with you. And those are the words that Jesus often uses to butter us up. And I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way, but those are the words that God uses to prepare us for what's about to come. Because when God calls Jeremiah, also under the age of probably 20, he tells him, do not be afraid, for I will go with you. I will go ahead of you. When Jesus is walking on the lake and the disciples are in the boat and it's raining and the disciples think that it's a ghost, what does Jesus say? Do not be afraid. It is I. And then he tells Mary, do not be afraid. I will go with you. I will walk before you. I will overshadow you. And if something seems impossible with God, I would say this, then that is probably from God. Christmas through the eyes of Mary is that though the path God chooses for you may be or seem insurmountable, difficult, filled with obstacles, with naysayers and grumblers, this path, though it may feel impossible to you, is not impossible 
to God. Amen? If God places something on your heart and you're just like, I can't do it, then you better get ready because God is about to show up in a powerful way. You better be ready to call upon the faith of your mind because we all have that faith up here. We know God can do everything. God can build a rock that he can't carry except that's an that's a paradox because then if God can build a rock that's too heavy for him to carry, then he can't carry. Do you see what I mean? It goes, it's a cyclical thing. If it's impossible, God will be there. And the story of Mary, the birth of Jesus through the eyes of Mary, is that she was afraid. I'm pretty sure she was afraid anyway. I wasn't there. She was almost alone. She felt probably alone. But what we find in the Scripture is that God gives her Joseph to be her support. Men, listen to this, myself included. When you think your wife is just there to help and serve you, remember the story of Mary, where husbands, we are also there to serve and help our wives. That's biblical. And so what we find is that God, when he calls Mary to do something, he, she wasn't alone. She had Joseph to help raise Jesus. God also sends Elizabeth, her relative, to also have a son. And it gave Jesus a cousin, a guy by the name John, who would later be called John the Baptizer. And in the end, what we find in verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. After exhausting all of her excuses, she submits to God, and the angel departs. I sometimes feel that perhaps those are the situations we find ourselves in, that Mary, regardless of the people that were there, felt alone. How many of you have ever had to go through something, and even though you know your family is there, your wife and your kids and your friends and the church family, even though there is an immense support system for you, how many of you have gone through something and you have all of that and yet you feel alone? Because at the end of the day, Mary was the one that was carrying Jesus. It was Mary who would be responsible to make sure that she was fed well. It was Mary that was responsible to make sure that she did everything to the best of her ability so that this would be a healthy baby boy. It was up to her. And the last part of the story is, and the angel departed, and she was left with God overshadowing her. But do we always feel that? Do we always feel God's presence in our lives? The answer is no. We don't always feel that. Sometimes we feel so alone that we cry out to God and, and maybe God is there, but we feel alone. And so we're just like, God, if you're there, and God's like, I'm right next to you. I'm here. I'm a part of you. I'm trying to fill your soul. And yet Mary feels the weight of being alone. Perhaps she felt the weight of being abandoned as we sometimes do, even though God is always there. But what we find, and I'm going to finish with this next passage, is that in the next part of the chapter in Luke, Mary sings a song. And after she's had some time to deal with, it, with this, and perhaps she's had time to know that God has been there and God is working with her, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, 
and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Sometimes, when God calls, it's not necessarily easy. And sometimes it can get messy. And sometimes we want to give up because we feel alone. And yet God will not allow that to happen. For nothing is impossible with God.